All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Spencer. And of course, we have our licensed clinical therapist, Nas. It's him. Uh, and this is the Different Spectrums podcast. It is? Surprisingly. Uh, we talk about movies and shows and the mental hat. Mental health aspects. The mental hat? surrounding yeah. the hats, the mental hats. Uh, we also have some laughs, so don't take us too seriously here. I don't know what the hell that was. All right. Um, of course, don't forget to run up those likes for us. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, and so, with that, today we are taking a look at two scenes from the movie Rocky. Rocky number one. The first one. This is Rocky number one, and this is also take one. Yes. Well, technically take two, but well, it's, we're not going to get into that. Two. It's definitely we're take two. We're not going to get into that. Uh, we can't get into hey. it. I fucked it all up, everyone. I'm a terrible uh, person. I don't deserve to live. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, uh, so for <laughs> the first scene that we're going to watch, uh, it's where Rocky goes into the promoter's office. And uh, he's told that he's going to fight uh, Apollo Creed. Almost forgot his name. Uh, he's about to f- yes, yeah. There's none of those in Philly. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> and uh, so in this scene, he's a little bit more on the scared side, right? Because this is all new for him. This is. He's not really been in, you know, offices. He's always on the street level of things, right? So we have that. And then the second scene, it's where um, Mick goes and asks him if Mick can be Rocky's promoter. And it doesn't go as planned as Mick wanted it to. Well, I guess it did at the end. Yeah. But it didn't at first. It just didn't smell good, him asking to be his manager. (laughs) It stinks. It stinks in here. It stinks. It's like, damn, this must smells like straight asshole in there. I was like, is that my um, girlfriend talking to me again? Oh I'm mad. It stinks. Uh, so yeah, you said we're gonna take a look it. at the. <laughs> we're gonna take a look at those scenes. Let's see how it goes. Nazir, anything before we get into the clip? I took a shower today. Feeling good. Yeah, it doesn't stink. Yay. <laughs> Uh, so I, I told Spence right before this today's kind of a big day uh, February 6, 2022 uh, this is our anniversary when we actually started the Gmail and the YouTube and all that so this is the day well, what do they call it when this is the birthday the birthing of us oh god if we came out of the womb like that oof, <laughs> oof. here's Johnny S- sorry mom yeah, uh, yeah, super exciting. Uh, so I'll show a clip of that before we get into the real thing. But it's uh, it's kind of cool to know that we've been kind of grinding at this for a year now, and it's like legit mm-hmm. official. I think we didn't start posting videos until March, but still, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, please subscribe uh, to the page. Uh, we appreciate all the new followers in the last few days. We're re- doing some short. Wow. We're recently doing some shorts on it's YouTube. It's not easy, is it? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so it's really exciting time to be alive on a different special podcast. 
Uh, we appreciate our subscribers. We also appreciate our donations. So people, please help us out. Uh, we already got a few folks that are subscribed to us on the podcast side. So know that is the thing that you can do to help us subsidize and offset some of the spendings and the things that me and Spencer are doing to try and create better material and all the human hours we put in this. So we appreciate those that you've already contributed. And I just want to shout that out. Let's get into the scene. Let's check it out. Let's get it done. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Mine was better. Yes. May I help you? Oh, you must be Mr. Rocky Balboa. Mr. Jurgen's expecting you. Just a moment. Mr. Rocky Balboa to see you, sir. Will you please go in, Mr. Can I have that? Oh, certainly. Balboa. How are you? George Jenkins. Take a chair, please. Thanks. Mr. Balboa. Call me Rocky. It's Rocky. Tell me, Rocky, you got any representation? You have a manager? Uh, no, just me. Oh. Rocky, I've got a proposition I'd like to make to you. A, a sparring? Beg your pardon? Well, I just said I know you're looking for sparring partners, and I just want to say I'm very available, you know. I'm sure you are. Absolutely. Uh, sparring with the chairman would be an honor, and you know what, Mr. Jerkins? What? I wouldn't take no cheap shots either. I'd really be a good sparring partner, you know. You don't understand me, Rocky. My proposition's this. Would you be interested in fighting Apollo Creed for the World Heavyweight Championship? No. Listen, Rocky. Apollo's seen you fight. He likes you. He wants to fight you. Well, it's just that you see, uh, I fight in clubs, you know, and I'm really a ham and egg. This guy, he's the best, and uh, it wouldn't be such a good fight. But th thank you very much, you know. I appreciate it. Lord. Rocky, you believe that America is the land of opportunity? Yeah. Apollo Creed does. And he's going to prove it to the whole world by giving an unknown a shot at the title. And that unknown is you. He picked you, Rocky. Rocky, it's the chance of a lifetime. You can't pass it by. What do you say? But I never had... I never had no management. I got all this knowledge. I got it up here, and I, I want to give it to you. I want to give you this knowledge. I want to take care of you. I want to make sure that all this shit that happened to me doesn't happen to you. You know what I mean? The fight's set. Listen to me. I want to be your manager. You follow that, do you? The fight's set. I don't need no manager. But you can't buy what I'm going to give you. I mean, I've got pain, and I've got experience. No, I got pain, I've got experience, too. Listen, kid. Hey, look, hey, Mick. Look, I need your help about 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago? Right. You never helped me, man. You didn't care. Well, if you wanted help, I say, if you wanted help, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you just ask me, kid? Look, I asked, but you never heard nothing. Well, I... <laughs> I, uh... 
76 years old. And, everybody hit that subscribe button hit it down below down Help below us a lot and we nethers. appreciate it a lot down below no, no, and, no uh, so uh i'd like to say this is the first time we did these clips i would i would love to say that but um no it isn't uh <laughs> say about a week ago maybe yeah yeah, yeah. no it was friday it was Friday. Okay. Yeah, it was Friday. So it wasn't that wasn't that long ago. Uh we recorded a whole episode for this for these two scenes. And uh good talk. Somebody somebody forgot to hit the record button. I'm not gonna <laughs> name names. There's only two people in this uh in this scenario. Was it Mando? The all helmet, no body, <laughs> Mando. <laughs> That's what I look like on the podcast. Just a floating head. Yeah, very similar. It's very 
it's very scary all right well yeah so we uh take to break this down then. and uh we'll see how it goes one so. more again one more time around the circle one more again yep that's that's the guy who needs to press the button yep, yep. it's pressed i can press it again it'll stop the recording no we're good okay we're good let's, this time. Get, let's get into it stop wasting time all right jesus christ I'm joking. all right so a little bit of background on rocky um it's about a up at, not really he's not even up a comer he was like a never was pretty much um in philadelphia and he's a loan shark but he also boxes on the side and um throughout his whole career he's just not done anything really he's just fought and you know small fights things like that and one day apollo creed the heavyweight champion says uh I want to fight somebody on 4th of July and I want it to be special. So the promoter in the scene where he says like, Oh yeah, Apollo's Apollo's seen you fight and all that. He's never seen him fight at all. He literally oh. wrote, he uh, read a piece of paper that said the Italian stallion. And he was like, that sounds good. I'm gonna fight yeah. that guy. And uh, yeah. And then the story goes on from there and it's a story of Rocky almost winning. Not winning, but almost. Yeah, it's a story of my life. Never winning. Yeah. You got close. the chance, but you couldn't prove yourself. So You couldn't do it. I shouldn't ate that popcorn. It slipped right through my hands. <laughs> Longest yard reference. All right, here we go. And uh, so for this scene, uh, Rocky, who still is a loan shark, um, finally gets his chance to fight Apollo Creed for the heavyweight title. Um, and f- you can really tell just by his body language that he's very, he's kind of, he's uncomfortable mm-hmm. with the situation around him. Cause like me, anytime remember, I'm around women, uncomfortable. God. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> God damn! Can't get through a sentence. Remember that time I was stupid? Yes, yes. Okay. Fuck. All right. God, not monetizing this fucking episode. Yeah. All right. So he's in the fucking office, and um, yeah, he gets the fight. <laughs> Motherfucker can't hit a record button, but you can definitely just stop the show in the middle of it. I'm done. I'm done. I don't give a fuck. I'm done. What do you think of the scene? Uh, we still, you still had to intro this the second scene. Uh, no, we're doing that second. I'm not doing that right now. Uh, we're gonna talk about this scene, and then we'll talk about the next one. Okay, Jesus. we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah. Uh. Jesus. Uh, actually, watching it the second time around, it uh, hits a little bit different. Uh, mm. Real talk. Uh, I didn't realize on how much, how avoidant he was. I, I saw that he was insecure and didn't really want to do it and downplayed himself. But I didn't see that he didn't make much eye contact at all throughout the entire scene. He was even hesitant to move his head to look at him. 
so that's an anxious individual, also very neurodivergent in some of those reactions. Mm-hmm. I did not see that the first time. The first yeah. time we recorded this, we talked a lot about self-doubt, not trusting or believing in yourself, thinking that you're unworthy for the things that you kind of deserve. Technically, you didn't deserve that match, but it's neither here nor there. Uh, so it was a good scene that we'll break down about some of those other things that are going on. Uh, I think the thing mm-hmm. that stuck out is just how avoidant he was. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For some reason, I experienced both of those scenes differently today. Uh, I definitely think also for the uh, promoter, he is just talking is what he needs to have Rocky into the fight, even though Rock knows that he'll get beat. Like, and I think that's what he really tries to avoid in this um, throughout the whole thing is just not being embarrassed. That's, that's a really big thing for him is making sure that he doesn't look yeah. like a fool. And that's why he says no at first. Cause he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to take a fight and lose, but it's not, I don't think it's just losing though. I think it's more want to get pummeled. Like, yeah, just destroyed, and then nobody will look at him the same. Um, there was a scene before this where um, there's a girl on the corner, and she's talking like with all these, like I guess, hooligans, whatever. And um, he's like, "No, you got." And then he starts walking her home and stuff, and like trying to give her advice on what to do. Um, so he's trying to be like a very positive influence on somebody, right? And then once he drops her off at the door, she's like, pervert. And then she like flips him off. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, and then in that scene, you can really see like the embarrassment on his face. And he just mm-hmm. doesn't want that, especially around Shame. the whole city of Philadelphia watching you and the, yep. probably the world too since it's going to be televised, like, you know, he knows that. And we also talked about last time of how he was more of a street personality rather than being that corporate side of things. And that's where he's really uncomfortable because he's never been in this world before, like the corporate world. He's always been on, you know, the street level and hasn't seen anything else. So he also doesn't want to act out or differently in any way, even though throughout the movie, that's like pretty much his personality is kind of like a shy guy. Yep. Right. And so um, in the second scene that we watched, he's actually bringing out his personality in front of somebody, which is, you know, is very different throughout the whole movie. Like, because he's always just kind of quiet and Reserved. a little bit more like mumbling and stuff. But then yep. in that scene, he really kind of goes out of his way to really yell his feelings about what's going on. Yeah. Intense. Yes. Thanks. Uh, I experienced the manager, the white dude that was coming to Rocky, a little bit different too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt mm-hmm. like he was much more of a sleaze ball than when I first oh, watched yeah. the scene. Like, look at this dude. He was just like, all up in his face and like his crotch right. was right in his head. Damn me. I was like, dude, back the f- up. Is that power um, play. Yeah, I know for real. Like he was like legit dominating him instead of like, Hey man, this is a good opportunity. You could have hustled him into this much differently than what he did. Right. 
So I thought that that was kind of sleazy too. It just felt gross. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm stereotyping, but it was like the slick back hair, the really nice suit. And then you got Rocco that's in there with like his leather jacket, hair's all messed right. up. You know what I mean? Just kind of, he's a little bit more bummy. Yeah. And well, and I think that was probably the point that they were trying to get across, honestly. Um, the difference just of the two worlds. The difference, right? Yeah. And you can even see that with Apollo. Apollo was very Big much money. different. He's very cocky because he's, you know, on top and, you know, he dresses very, you know, very slick well. with suit and tie and all that stuff. So, and he's a fast talker too. Yep. He knows how to, he knows how to talk his, talk up a fight. Oh, 100%. Yeah, where yeah. Rocco's just kind of like, oh, I'm here, you know. Yeah. Uh, I took the I'm fight. I'm just happy to be here. Uh, Champ is amazing. Champ is amazing. Uh, and then, like, <laughs> they ask him questions. He's like, I don't know what the hell to say. And then they push him out the way. Yeah. And then you got Creed that just starts side-talking him and then talking shit. And then Rocco's like, what is going on? Yeah. He also was just like, you know what? If he can't fight, at least he can cook. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, the Italian thing. And you know what's interesting though is we still use these tropes, this the racism yeah. in boxing and MMA to today. Uh, yeah. If you look at you know when it's Mexican fighters versus white, Mexican versus black, we end up bringing up all this stuff. UFC, Conor McGregor does it uh, all the time where he'll start digging into some of these tropes, and he'll start talking trash. What's that other guy's name? That was getting way out there. The he is. Well, he would usually, he would be the one receiving all that stuff. And Masandoval, sure. they'd be talking trash about him and using tropes. Connor did it again to a couple other guys. No, it was the Ronda other white Rousey dude. kind of did it too. There was the other white dude that was, uh, who was like the shit, but he just keeps getting beat by this, the Brazilian guy. Not Usman. Yeah, uh, I think Usman. Or it's Irasan yet. But yeah, he would use all this racist stuff, man. It's like, that's not even part of his personality. They're just doing it to sell tickets to promote. Because you hate one, you like one. Every fight, even in WWE, you need a heel to sell a fight. Right. You need a heel. Well, and that's the thing, right? Um, this is as I mean, that's one of the oldest things about fighting. It's always been just talking trash. Muhammad Ali did it. Uh, yeah. I believe with Joe Fra Well, he did with everybody, but Joe Frazier, he was really going at. I think you called him like a monkey or something like that, or like a gorilla. And um, you're like, well, huh. yeah, it can get intense, real personal sometimes. The yeah. good thing was at the end of that, they end up becoming like best friends. And when yeah. Joe died, yeah. Muhammad Ali took care of his wife and his kids. So that was pretty cool of Joe's. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, it's like, especially nowadays a lot of news outlets really want that underdog and i'm wondering if rocky was like the catalyst of that um of course there have been underdogs throughout history oh, yeah. you can go back to like goliath and all that yeah. stuff people love underdogs yeah they do but it's like with this with sport it's just like everybody wants that rocky that underdog that nobody who then all of a sudden faces like a big challenge and wins or you know at least come close right um and i just wonder if like rocky was like the big catalyst for that because that's one of the biggest ones especially in like sports movies that i can really think of yeah, that right. with the old school ones would be that and something like maybe Rudy back in the day. Rudy, 
Yeah, you, but Rudy, that one, I guess I would go in the same thing, but his ass only got in for like five minutes. Yeah, in the a game. couple plays. Yeah, but people are hyped up. <laughs> uh, so it's true what they said, you know, you, you, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, or you can die a hero. So it's kind of like the Patriots. People might have yeah. liked the Patriots back in the day. They kept winning, then you hate them. Kansas City, yeah. they keep winning, now you hate them. Right. It's always like Golden State. You liked them when they were struggling. Maybe they won one title, and then now you hate them because it's just too much winning. And so yeah. a lot of us humans are not in that 1%, and we want to root for the other 99%. Yeah. Because we um, see our reflection in those teams. I agree. And then even like with the old school Bulls, it was the same way. Like a lot of people, not in Chicago, did not like the Bulls because they're like, they just keep winning. You keep winning. I I was a kid. I didn't know what was going on, so I was rooting for the Jazz. I also thought the <laughs> colors were cool. I just thought oh, the yeah. purple. They did and... have cool jerseys. Yeah, the they jerseys were cool. cool so I liked those. Um, but then also what we talked about um, in the show uh, last time was the fact that uh, we find out that Rocky can't read. Yeah. Right? He, is, he has a learning disability. Um, and that plays a huge part um, in this movie because you have a really fast talking guy. A lot of people with, you know, any type of learning disability, obviously, um, you need time to process certain things. And once you have somebody who's just like, well, you're, you know, we're about to do this fight and you should do it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, especially with like this promoter, um, it's hard to say no, really, because even though you feel like you can be embarrassed and it's not the best idea, probably, um, he's going to talk you into it because you don't really know any better and yeah um that's one i think we will probably do rocky two at some point um especially when he's you know he finally finally gets all these commercials and stuff but then they find out like he can't read the cue cards um and then also with that then you kind of get to see the relationship with adrian and rocky kind of grow which is pretty cool too in my opinion so so Maybe I'll start therapizing some stuff. That scene now that we brought up that. So in this scene, you see a man that's very beat up, very humbled, very, I'm not good enough. I'm just going to be the sparring partner and may not make an eye contact. Very avoidant, seems very neurodivergent in his mannerisms, his tone of voice, lack of affect, lack of eye contact, his, his speech issues. I assume, you know, Some of my clients have speech issues with regulation of their voices or just speech impediments, Tourette's. And so he fits kind of like the prototype of someone with autism. Right. One of the prototypes. Obviously, it's a spectrum. But besides that, when you start looking at his affect and his confidence, right, he does, like you said, doesn't talk much. Not a fast talker. He's not a slick willy, even though he's, like, from the streets. He's still not slick with it. Um. It reeks of insecurity, of sadness, of shame, of guilt, of regret. When he talks to Mick in the next scene that will break down, a lot of regret, a lot of self-hate. You know, where's my prime? You know, I suck. Mm -hmm. My body's failing. Everything's failing on me. And then you add in the learning disability issues. So a lot of folks have them. I have one as well uh, Mm -hmm. with with writing and reading and dyslexia. So it's it's a tough son of a bitch. yeah, those have follow us on the pod or Instagram, you know, sometimes I mix up the words. 
And Spence knows just from my text messages. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. <laughs> you don't like the spaghetti and the sandwich meatball? Now let's clarify what you meant. Do you want to go for lunch later? Oh. <laughs> um, but in there, man, I was talking to a student the other day. Having the inability to process things very quickly, very rapidly, to understand, to articulate yourself, very mm-hmm. tough. The inability to gain confidence in class and school, right? Everyone's reading at their academic level, their grade level, and they're like, you're slow and behind. It's mm-hmm. You end up hating yourself so much. Why am I different? I must be stupid. And you keep mm-hmm. hearing that you're stupid, getting bad grades in special education. You get behind, behind, behind. It's going to make it really hard to advance in school. It's going to make it really hard to love yourself, to be in healthy relationships. It could lead into more alcohol and drug usage. It could lead you down more of a violent path or like even selling drugs, the pipeline to prison. Uh, we didn't touch on this last time, but you know, if you look at the statistics for white individuals versus students of color, mm-hmm. you categorize everything like you eat equate everything with economic level. So not like rich kids versus poor kids. Like everyone's poor, keep everything the same. Only thing that's it's white and black or brown. Teachers are the same. Everything's the same. The white kids will continue to move on throughout school at the normal reading paces. The black and brown bodies will start to fail out mentally by fourth and fifth grade. Fourth and fifth mm-hmm. grade, they're checked out. They're no longer doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Which is really sad to know that a lot of us yeah. check out in that age. I think I checked out probably in second grade. Um, one of the things that can combat, there's many things that can combat it, but one of them that can combat it is having a brown or black uh, teacher. That can right. actually propel you to start doing better in your classes and, and like you can see yourself in them. So it's one of the things that's really scary is, you know, Rockwell's a white dude, but with his learning disability, it already starts to segregate you from the population. Yeah, And that perseverates in everything. You doubt everything, your choices, your decisions, your friends. And so you could see where Rocco could have been a stud of an athlete. Mm-hmm. But since he didn't have this right path and some other things and growing up poor in Philly, learning disability, it reeks on him. And the choices of now being a loan shark and his body being blown out, if he had some better guidance, maybe better teaching, maybe more affluence and more money in the family, he could have got some teachers to help him out with his learning issues. He could have mm-hmm. got a trainer uh, better than Mick earlier on. He could have been a stud. Still was a stud. Right. Yeah. And people will say that's, you know, equality. Because technically he still had the chance to make it. Yeah, but it's not equitable. Right. Because he was very lucky and it's a fictional character. He had to go through all this shit just to make it. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he just had a little bit of stuff to help him. Um so when students come to me by the time they get to college, extremely anxious, extremely insecure, they can't trust their gut on anything or their choices, their decisions. They get gaslit very easy. Like you said, Spence, they get pushed into doing things that they don't want to do. Right. And so people can take advantage of them, right? I'm talking to a, a human recently and they're like, hey, I just realized that my friend was like, my best friend is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, for real? I've been working with you for a long time now. You've never spoken about this. He said, I didn't realize it until they moved away. And I seen all the things that was going on and how they manipulated me and used me. And I read the thing that they post, the, the thing. They tallied yeah. it up, almost started crying. It was so bad. Wow. Like going and buying them things, going mm-hmm. and getting them coffees, rubbing their back and their knees, doing their homework for them in college. 
I was like, Jesus Christ, getting yelled at, berated, and them being bullied. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? I'm mad that I didn't see this sooner. I'm mad that I didn't bring it up to you. I said, you didn't know. How can you be mad at something you didn't know that was that bad? Right. But the signs were there. I said, if you would have known what you know right now, you would have broken off sooner. But the confidence wasn't there. The respect right. for themselves, they were desperate for friendship. And this person latched onto them and used them. And that's kind of what we're seeing with Rocco right now. It ends up working out because he comes rich and famous. But like you right. said, Spence, he's kind of getting used by this slick willy. Yeah. In the real world, this dude would have got his fate. He probably would have died in the ring. Yeah. In the real world. Um, very rarely close. do you pick someone off the streets and then they're going to actually do well against the number one guy. Yeah. Almost going to win. Yeah. Um so that was me mm-hmm. therapizing what was going on, how it relates to clients, autism, disabilities, right? the pushing of your boundaries, because you'll just accept things because you think this is what you deserve, and Rocco deserves mm-hmm. so much better. And thankfully in this movie, in the trajectory, and with Adrian, he figures mm-hmm. out that he does deserve more. Yeah. Um, and I think with that, then, since we're talking about mentors, let's get into the next scene. Um, so... Um, so before, uh, the second scene happened, there was a, a fight between Mick and Rocky in the middle of the gym. Not really a fight, more of like an argument, argument. where, yeah, more where, uh, Mick or Rocky, um, says like, Hey, like, why don't you, why don't you respect me? Why don't you train me? Like, what's, what's the deal here? And Mick is just like, you're a bum. You you're just a lone shark. You're not really, um, you're not really in it to win the fights because yeah. you're, you just got lazy and all that stuff. Um, calls him out in front of everybody in the gym. And, um, this was before, uh, Rocky found out that he was going to actually fight Apollo. And then afterwards, Mick comes in and he's kind of pleading with him to be his like manager. Right, even though the fight's already set and all that. Um yeah. It's a it's a great scene to show just how intense. Yeah. It it like it really shows how things can change once you have a little bit of fame, just a little bit, right? And how people are just trying to latch on to you, even though they didn't see anything in you before. Um I really related to Rocky in the scene, especially where it's just, um, where he's yelling, um, even though beforehand when Mick was in the room, he was kind of just talking to him and be like, you didn't help me before. Like I needed you back in the day, but now you're, now you just want to be part of what I'm doing. Where are you? Where mm-hmm. were you? Yeah. Um, and so I really related to rock because, um, I've had those moments where uh, somebody's like right there in the room with you and you kind of soft spoken, but then once they leave, you just kind of thinking things over and you're like, what about what I wanted? What about my prime? You didn't see anything before. And now you, now you finally do. Uh, I see. So really love the scene. Um, Also with, um, with Mick, We've talked about it before, but with Mick, 
you can just see like he's just trying everything to really get rock on his side to really get him as a manager so that then he can finally have that winner in his he's corner. manipulating him so hard you need yeah. you need a manager yeah. and i'm like jesus yeah, look at this this is when i was young in my prime yeah like, but i ain't had no manager it's like what did that have to do with it? you getting your face punched in with nails yeah no Jesus, Mick. I didn't realize yeah. how much I hated him until I seen these scenes. Because you end up liking him later, but he's yeah. still kind of a sh- sh- shithead. Jeez. Yeah. And that was one of the things also later on in the movie is that um, Mick tells Rocky that he can't be uh, seeing uh, Adrian. Yep. Because um, it's a distraction. Makes you his don't want to have a distraction. Yeah. Yes, make your leg weak. It's like, hmm. Right. <laughs> and of course he keeps on seeing her because that's like his support system right yeah he, he needs her he needs her um watching and just kind of cheering him on because that's his confidence right there even though she doesn't really have any confidence yeah um, until you know until rock kind of brings it out of her um he's like you need to stand up for yourself your brother's a dick yep uh yeah. sometimes you What'd need you someone to scene? point it out for you where you yeah. recognize that it's actually toxic. True. Very true. The human that I just spoke of said they didn't realize it until they seen them treat their roommate like trash and made them cry. Mm-hmm. And then when they walked away, they looked at my student and they said, that's how it's done. Jesus. Like, are you proud that you just devastated someone for no reason? I'm like, you're a psychopath. Yeah, that sounds a little, a little cray-cray. Not gonna Bro. Lie. Bro, that's a personality disorder. That's so that's sociopathy. They enjoyed hurting yeah. people. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a very long discussion on how we are setting a boundary and cutting that person off. Yes. Yes. Never talking to them again. No, never. Uh, yeah, we strategize the conversations, the texts, the rebuttals that are going to happen, and then how they'll handle those. And then also, mm-hmm. if they threaten something, then we will call the police and they will handle it. So mm-hmm. in my office, we handle everything. And I said, they are going to be devastated when they get the email that me and you typed up. Mm-hmm. And they said, I don't want to hurt them like that. I said, you're not going to hurt them. You're going to put them in their place. Yeah. And they're not going to like difference. it. And they're going to throw a tantrum. Big difference. But it feels weird when people that get their boundaries pushed, neurodivergent people, anxious people, insecure people, when they stand up for themselves, don't feel right. Mm-hmm. Don't feel right. So there's a lot of complex emotions. Because we don't want to hurt nobody. So this scene. Watching it the second time now. Technically the third time. Because we watched it once. Just to figure out what we wanted. And then we watched it last week. (laughs) To record it. Um, Damn dude. I got goosebumps this time. I don't know why. I was like just vibing out. Last time I was watching it. To pick out things. And I wasn't really watching it. I was trying to pick out things. Right. This time I feel like I was just vibing and just watching it just like a normal movie, just kind of like how I watched Jurassic Park the other day. And right. I wasn't necessarily like looking for things. I was just like enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Technically not enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not a big fan of the new Jurassic Park. Huh? Dominion was weird. It was just too many things going on. I'm like, it, this it franchise is done. This this needs to be yeah. done. Yeah. It's yeah. never going to be done. The only thing you can do now big. is just like a petting zoo. Other than that, leave it alone. They invested too much, too many rides. They need the movie. I know they need it. Um, 
but I legit got goosebumps, dude. And I guess maybe that's because I listened to some arguing mm-hmm. uh, the last few days, right? I've had some clients like talking about some stuff. And so I've been engaged in some yelling. And then I watched that Stephen A. Smith thing today because today's February 6th. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of toxic yelling and I can feel my heart rate and my, my tension going up, right? I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was yeah. kind of triggering. Um, right. And so then I seen this scene, goosebumps immediately because his temperament. And then I also kind of felt like crying too. I was getting like choked up because there's just so much pain in Rocco. Mm-hmm. There's so much sadness. By pain, I mean sadness. I mean depression. I mean a complete isolation, loneliness. He's living in a crap house, crap life, no respect. Kid mm-hmm. calls him a pedo. Like yeah, your your gym, much. the gym guy says you're a piece of shit. Get out of my gym. You're right. You're a loan shark. That's just you're not even a loan shark. You're the guy, the muscle for the loan shark. Right. There was so much sadness. That was actually really like me and you talked about. That was actually pretty good acting in that scene. Very mm-hmm. good acting. Surprisingly, like, yeah, he does great acting. That was that was really the emotion is, you know, you want to see me get my head kicked in? Huh? You want front row? To watch me die out there? Where are you? My body's failing me. My mind's failing me. I can hear. I can hear my students. No one loves me. Mm-hmm. No one talked to me. I finally hear, meet someone and they hurt me. What's the point now? Fuck it. I might as well kill myself. That's mm-hmm. what Rocco was saying. He's like, you want a front row seat of watching me die? You're sick. Mm-hmm. You're sick for wanting to watch this. Mm-hmm. Uh. I've had students, you know, yell that in my office, that same gist. They were screaming at me. It's like, damn. So, very intense scene. Obviously, mm-hmm. it turns after he yet walks out, Mick, and he's like, hey, shakes hands. Me and you made yeah. fun of, like, how uh, Mick was like, oh, shit, you about to whoop my ass? <laughs> he about to punch me in the face, so fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he you didn't kill. your thumb? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Tech. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd be scared, too, if the dude just got done cussing me out for five minutes. Uh, yeah. Also, with that, um, uh, with Rock, his realization that he kind of, he actually does need Mick is so fast. Like, it, I don't think it would have hit me. I would have been in my emotions it's way too so fast. far. He wouldn't have been down the street. He would have been at home sleeping. I'd be like, hey. It would have been hey. the next day or something. Like, hey, bro. Yeah. Hey man, uh, can we actually like, remember that time up? I tried to murder you in my house? <laughs> remember the time you were in my stinky ass house? Jesus, um, remember that time I pulled that knife out on you? I ain't mean that shit, no. bro. I ain't mean that shit, bro. <laughs> Jesus. Come on, bro, bro. Come on. But you're uh, right. That's yeah. a good point. There's no way someone's de-escalating from 150 no. to zero. There's no way. No. Which is, that's pretty impressive for somebody, especially that needs more time to process anything, where he's just like, ah, fuck, I gotta go down there. Devil's advocate, I think the only way that that could happen is when you're not actually mad at Mick, you're mad at yourself in the world, then maybe Mm -hmm. you can bring it down, because it's really not about Mick, it's about you. Because that whole time he was yelling, it was mostly about him. Right. He was mad at Mick too for like not being there and not reaching out, but that could right. be the only way where you could cause if you actually hate that person in that moment, you're not backing down. If it's more mm-hmm. self-directed anger, but it's being projected onto them, maybe you can come down. Mm-hmm. 
But maybe, I don't know, maybe Rocco was like, fuck, man, I am I am about to die in this ring. Maybe I do need this guy. Like, Yeah. Um, please let me run after chickens because I can't do this. Oh, yeah. We're definitely doing a reel on that scene. So fucking running with chickens. You're right. Um, it was cool. Also, it's it's. This movie. Is just any I do love the underdog story. But I love the fact that um, they mixed in like a love story, but it wasn't like overpowering, right? It wasn't an overpowering thing. Um, It was part of the story, which is great. Um, And then actually, once you read about um, what went into like Rocky about how Sylvester Stallone was like broke and was about to sell his dog, which is in the movie like the same dog he was about to sell is in the movie um and how he was like yes uh i'll give you my screenplay as long as i play the main character because they had like a bunch of different famous actors that might have played him and um yeah and just how the underdog story in this this is how i think that's how he really um played this role was because it felt so personable to him yes um, there was real emotions yeah wouldn't sure. no fake for stuff sure. it wouldn't know like get stung by a bee and then you know swell up with your eyes like it was <laughs> <laughs> it was real this actually meant something this is a story of his comeuppance mm-hmm. it, yep. is. it is yeah uh if I was Rocco, mm-hmm. I've been where he's been at one time where I blew up. So this was, mm-hmm. this is such a small thing, but right. I mean, folks know on the pod, right. I'm a big boy, played collegiate ball, uh, high school. I went to a really good high school. Um, but it's in the playoffs all the time. Coaches were like in Super Bowls and stuff like that. This was like a legit school. In Michigan. Um, and so I remember we was on the JV team. So this is like uh, 10th grade. 10th grade. And our coach like got, loved our coach. Uh, right, This is a very, very, very poor team called Lansing Sexton in, in Michigan. Very poor, right by the Capitol. Uh, and so our coach, which I love, he gave me a ton of mentorship and guidance. You know, he had to sit out. He was sick or something happened. He he couldn't come to the game, maybe two games. Mm-hmm. Something something happened with him and the head coach too, and they made him take something happened. They made him take like a week off. Mm-hmm. So they had this other dude take over. So okay, he was kind of different, you know. It's just I didn't really enjoy him. I thought he was kind of fake. Mm-hmm. He was talking trash about the other coach, and like I'm like, damn man, I kind of love this other coach, man. Like this is my guy. Right. And then. We go play the game. And we actually do really, really well. And I do really well. And he says, see, we don't even need that coach. I lost my shit. Mm-hmm. The head coach for the senior team called me. He was like, bro, what is going on? I'm like, no, man. Fuck that guy. Piece of shit talking mm-hmm. about a coach. This ain't got nothing to do with you, man. This is us. Mm-hmm. On the dog team. I literally lost it. Swore up and down. I went bananas on the field after the game. Because it was mm-hmm. so disrespectful. And mm-hmm. this coach, Coach Coop, everyone loved this guy, man. I mean, this was a player's coach. And you're talking mm-hmm. about the poverty of the poverty. Yeah. Um, like, 
is so someone that shows you love, you you you'll mm-hmm. die for this person. Uh, right. And then to trash talk him, oh, I couldn't take it, and I blew up like full like my dad Sam Zerker blow up. You don't mess with people mm-hmm. I love. You don't mess with people that invest in me and that love me, that love my teammate, my best friend. I'm not gonna put up with it. And so I remember blowing up just like Rocco did on Mick for real. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Where were you when we were grinding and losing all the games? Now that we're doing good, you're gonna take credit? Nah, bro, mm-hmm. that's not that's that ain't how it worked. Um, mm-hmm. and right, who am I? I'm some 15 year old. Uh, well, I'm still six two, three hundred like twenty pounds. <laughs> uh, big old fifteen year old, big old fifteen year old. Yeah, a running back at like the receding hairline way back to here, and a full beard. Jesus. I had a full beard. Yeah, we were an old team. It was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember blowing up like that, man. And like, uh, maybe I was, I hated that guy for the things, the derogatory things that he said. I wasn't backing down from that. Mm. Rocco didn't really hate that guy. I mean, he was some discontent, but right. it could be intense to come down from that anger, boy, especially if there's some legit hostility. Uh, but the scene itself is more focused on not wanting to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Shame for being where you at where you're at in life. Resentment for not getting the help or support that he needed 10 years ago when he asked for it. Mick said, Why didn't you tell me? I asked you, you son of a bitch. Where were you? It's the other guys. I asked you. I never... Why didn't you just ask me? You didn't listen. <laughs> Actually, why else? Real talk. Yeah. They say men don't reach out. A lot of us actually do reach out, bro. And when we finally mm-hmm. do like break open things, the door, just a little bit of pinch, people like, you know, they push it to the side. If it's your best friends, they'll probably clown you and call you a punk. Mm-hmm. But then they might actually talk to you. But a lot of people will shut it down or they won't actually continue to let you like grow. Yeah. Uh, not saying that's with everyone, but it does happen where men will kind of like expose themselves, be a little bit vulnerable, boom, hate it on. Right. Um, yeah. And so I feel like that's kind of what happened with Rocco. He's finally vulnerable, and then you shit on him. And mm-hmm. now you now you come to me when I'm going to maybe mm-hmm. make some money? It's tough to swallow, bro. I don't know if I could have had Mick as my thing. The only way I could have did it is if I knew that he was a good coach and he could at least get me to not get my shit kicked in. Yeah, and he does. But then also you have to like think about um, – who else has he turned away like that? Like, it's not just rock. Like, yeah, hopefully it was others. Right. And like you said, it really goes into your mentors and who you trust um, to help you develop as a young person. Cause yeah, if you don't have the right person or if you don't have anybody, cause all rock had was like his, the guy he worked for the loan shark guy. Right. And he was probably the, and he was, and he was always like cool with him, nice with him, gave him money so that he, and then like, was like, Hey man, you shouldn't be smoking and all that stuff. After he found out he could fight. Um, and so he has all these people that aren't really the best influences, but they are kind of looking out for him yeah. in a way, in a way. Um, and then you have Mick who, you know, is this top level coach. And then he finally gives him a chance to, you know, learn from him. And you would think it'd just be a little bit too late. And 
it kind of was in a way kind of um, was because he still let's had be it. honest rocky could have been the been the guy to be the heavyweight champion he could have been that way before paulo creed even showed up could have because if he would have actually got some footwork and some head movement yeah if we're being honest rocky was a real person like right now his cte mm. would be so bad when he retired that he would he... i'm not going to make the joke that i want to make but he would be hurting himself and others yes uh, because of the cte would. they were getting pummeled like that continuously over and over it's the same yeah. thing with a lot of these ufc guys right now mm-hmm. it's it's just horrific bipolar like symptoms and cte they actually said that the ufc they're sponsoring that slap federation thing they mm-hmm. said it's literally legalized concussions it's literally a cte factory because every time they slap a guy they go unconscious they do yeah that's really bad and it's like it's interesting to see and all that and it's pretty scary to see all those dudes it's, just getting smacked. dude it's so like, jarring i can't even watch it because it's just anytime it's i watch anyone go out cold and then they seize up it's yeah. neurological damage and it's just i just don't because i know it's going to lead to suicidality and homicidality and i just don't want it I know. Oh, the slap boxing is intense. And so Rocco, he's this character. Yeah. I would be scared for his kids and his wife and himself moving forward. As you've seen in Demarius Thomas last summer, that was found Mm -hmm. dead in a hotel. Vincent Jackson found dead um, right from massive CTE. Mm Mm-hmm. It's scary, man. Antonio Brown coming out last week and saying it was like these certain players that hit him, Jerome Harrison. Uh, yeah. Uh, like CT's scary, man. The wrestlers. Yes. There's so, a lot of people that have suffered from those and a lot of unnecessary things that shouldn't have happened. Yep. 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 So, and so I bring it up because it mimics bipolar like symptoms and impulsivity, anger. It deregulates your ability to handle your emotions that's in your, your midbrain in, the, in your uh, central nervous system because you're no longer mm-hmm. operating with the front of your brain, your prefrontal cortex. that actually helps you think because that's mm-hmm. been pretty much turned into mush. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're just acting off impulses. It's kind of like Ben Gordon. He doesn't have CTE, but Ben Gordon was one of my favorite basketball players uh, when I was in high school mm-hmm. uh, because what he did on the Bulls, against the Celtics in the playoffs one year. And then we end up signing him the next year, but then his mood was so off and deregulated. I also think he's on the spectrum, different story for a different day. But like mm-hmm. now he's like beating up his child in public and like naked and like, it's just intense. It's a lot. Yeah. And bipolar untreated is degenerative gets worse. CTE. There is not much treatment. It is degenerative and it will get worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so random thing about Rocco. Yeah. The scene literally just made me so sad, man. I just felt so bad for him. Before Last time I was mad at Mick because I'm like, Mick's a piece of shit. And I was just like, Rocco, you need a hug, bro. Yeah, at least at the end of the movie, you know, he's just happy and he's like, I'm retired. And then next movie, he's out of retirement. Yeah, 10 movies later. I know, right? <laughs> so many movies. Like when you will retire, you're yeah. so old. Rock, yeah. please. It's like Tom Brady and like Brett Favre put together. Yeah, oh I'm retired. God. I'm not retired. I'm retired. I'm not retired. 
we'll see we'll see what happens as is like on a walker just like i'll get out there i'll fight him there was that one boxing movie where it was robert de niro and someone where they're like old as dirt and they fight yeah it was him it was stallone was it i think so oh my god it was the um like the rematch or something like that yeah i remember that yeah and I pretty yeah, it was Sylvester Stallone and Robert De Niro. First of all, I think Robert De Niro is a couple years older than Stallone. Pretty sure. Oh my god, it was. It's called Grudge yeah. Match. Oh, Grudge Match, yeah. Jesus Christ. De Niro looked pretty good in that one. Yeah. I don't think he can mess with Stallone though. Stallone. No, 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 but yeah, Stallone looks like he, you know, he didn't work out for like a couple of years before that movie. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, you know, I'm going to put down the weight so I can match up with. Yeah. So I can match up with Robert. Yeah. 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 It's crazy, man. Um, yeah. I love both of these scenes. We are going to chop up some reels of random funny mm-hmm. things. I'll probably get that, get that. I'll get to that next week. Cause I'm just going to be chilling mm-hmm. on vacation at Colin's house. And I'll just be recording mm-hmm. stuff. Cause I won't be at work, but awesome. uh, Rocky, it's really good. I look forward to doing, Number two, and talking about learning disabilities a little bit more in depth and maybe my experience a um, little bit more. And then I'm sure we'll probably grab something for maybe Creed, like the new version of Creed, because that's all coming out. So we'll probably do one of Creed as well. And then I, I still yeah. want to do Southpaw. And then me and you talked about Cinderella me, Man. Cinderella Man and Million Dollar Baby. So this one. Million Dollar Baby is a tough one, man. That's just all sad. It's all, all sad, sad. But hey, we're a mental health podcast. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So we're going to be signing out today. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Follow button. All of the above. Subscribe. Uh, I'm Spencer. That's Nazir. This is the Different Spectrums podcast. Much love, everyone. Peace. Peace.